2: Hola, friends. It's hard to shout Latinos out loud when we should all be shouting for the black community right now. We pre recorded the season finale before the unfortunate death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, but we couldn't just leave this alone without saying we are enraged, saddened, and angered. We stand by and support the black community forever and especially during these terrifying times. Todos somos familia. We are all family. We decided to use our platform to not only showcase our support, but to also communicate the organizations working to uplift the people in need right now. Here's how you can help. Please donate to organizations such as the Minnesota Freedom Fund, Reclaim the Block, Unicorn Riot, the Black Visions Collective, or The Bail Project we can all make a difference and every little bit helps please be safe out there we love you god bless
3: all right guys considering that memorial day just passed by
0: and we couldn't celebrate like we usually celebrate what did you guys do for memorial day this current year uh rachel
2: whoa well uh we barbecued actually in my little backyard here on the upper east side of manhattan had some Ooh. Hot dogs. and i also kept a traditional by arguing with one of the members of my family <laughs> good old um, memorial day nice. <laughs> how about you jamie
3: um i had a, a karaoke battle on instagram live with uh shout out to danny garcia who i went again so hopefully um things start getting normal again so i can do actual normal and not insane um, summer activities. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
4: I'm switching it up. I'm trying to maintain being in shape. So I do long walks and then I play a game of I'm judging you because you're not wearing a mask. Mm. So that's my thing there. So I try to give people nasty looks if they're not wearing masks. Frank!
0: Well, uh, my, my super invited me to a barbecue in the alley uh, with the George. <laughs> That's uh, suspicious. There A lot of burgers, but there was like diapers on the floor and Goldex full of, you know what, on the ground. So what the hell? Yeah, but everything went, his kids were running around. We had to clean it up, but we had a good time, by the way. It was good. It was good. Melinda. Uh, Melina? Melina. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> so sometimes, for some reason, in the past few years, you know, people always have a hard time with my name for some reason. Even though it's really phonetic. And, you know, doctor's offices or, like, you know, a restaurant, they're like, uh, Melanie,
2: Melinda, Melissa, <laughs> I'm like, yo, where do you see these extra letters? Damn, but um, what are you doing for Memorial Day to keep it traditional? Well, I digress. Um,
1: yeah. So I, you know, I like to play a, a game similar to what Juan Bago mentioned. I love a good game of I'm judging you. Mm,
2: um, so good. I, I
1: definitely did that, uh, except I, I, I think I level up. I, I leveled up yeah. from you. Um, I turned up the judgment one notch because mm. um, you said that you would just look at people sideways and do a little like judgy face. No, no. I have now become vocal about my disdain. and you know what, to be honest, I consider it a public service announcement, uh, because I, I see, I see that there is a pattern, oftentimes, of the kinds of people I see from certain Mm. demographics not wearing masks and not feeling affected and just feeling, um, entitled, uh, and so, yeah, it's a public safety announcement. So I've let some people know out the window of my car, but I also did some like fun, lighthearted things that were like joyful and caused laughter um, from the safety of my own home. So I love watching TV and film and I am one of those people that can binge like for hours. Some people are like, oh, I get bored. I gotta get out of the Nope, I could really just do it all day. <laughs> I just get up for my snacks and for the rest, (laughs) but Sundays, Sundays right now are like loaded with good stuff to watch. So yesterday, um, I watched the new Vida episode. I watched Insecure. Um, I watched the new Issa Rae and Kamal and Johnny movie, uh, Lovebirds, which was hilarious. And uh, a lot of places are doing, so I, I love getting delivery also. And a lot of places I've noticed now are delivering alcohol, like restaurants, because, you know, we talked about I get my alcohol delivery on the regs anyway, but it's kind of fun seeing restaurants now that are just kind of like, we don't care. Screw it. Can I curse, by the way?
4: Yeah, yeah, keep going. You're breaking the record for the longest answer for the opening question. Keep going. Oh, shit. it. Just like shatter it while the you're the there. You, know, you just. This is a record, so you might uh, as well just shatter it. I'm
1: giving it. you color. I'm giving you nuance. I'm giving you
4: you're everything. Yes.
1: Okay. You're, you're making
4: the opening question. Now it's new podcast. We're gonna be calling it <laughs> Open <laughs> Question. So what happens
1: when you have me go last? <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, so the realize we include alcohol decided to just throw in bottles of wine and I'm like yes please anybody going to card me anybody going to do like a th- nope not at all that's fine with me so I had my bottle I had my binge watching I had my judging okay
2: Yeah. Mm. my bottle?
3: yes three, the three most important things for any for to enjoy any holiday
2: yep yeah exactly it's the latinos out loud podcast oh! Yo, 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 you yo, you yo, 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 yo. God feels good. Hi. What up? Am I too loud? Nah. Levels. The
3: right
4: amount of subleasing the place from PO. Is that P.O. spot?
2: I'm in a crawl space. It fits my height. Perfectly, it's about five feet tall, so I just can't like jump or anything. Type I could, I nothing.
3: could never sit. I could never sit there because I like I, I would forget that it was a cross base, and once I stood up, my neck would break. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs>
2: You'd break in half, Jamie. Yeah,
3: <laughs> know that would be a very dangerous place for for me to sit.
2: This is like a piece of hard awesome. breaking. <laughs> I would fit. Oh awesome. girl, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's the nice. loft Anyway. <laughs> Yes, I'm live from the She Loft. It's your girl, Rachel La Loca. This is the Latinos Out Loud podcast. I did that in reverse. But hey, it's a podcast, right? That's what we do. So hi, who's next? What's
4: up? This is Juan Bago from the bunker for the Boogie Down Bronx.
3: All right. This is Jay Ferns from my bedroom. on my bed, so I'm comfortable. All right. This is Frank Niz from the Heights.
2: And we have the pleasure of introducing the guest of honor. She's an actress and activist and her name is Melina Bobadilla, (laughs) almost almost got my tongue. Take two, take
3: two, take two.
2: Okay, (laughs) Melina, I'm not doing the whole thing. Don't call her Melania. Melina, (laughs) not Melania. Don't say that, Jamie. is at the
3: top. I'm telling you not to, all right.
2: Melina Bobadilla.
3: Perfect,
1: perfect. You you took the air clapping. Hey, girl. Hey, boo. What's going on, girl? How are you? I'm good. I'm really happy to be talking to y'all. And from the first moment I discovered Latinos Out Loud and I first met Juan Bago in person, um, you all just really crawled into my heart. And, uh, I feel like we've had this conversation a few times about hey I should be on the show and then and then it's just you know schedules and life um but this is the moment yeah, so you want
2: to go, like, go out there and be like a successful actress and shit and be flying everywhere and shooting and have like a busy schedule and we're just like maybe she'll remember us and come back.
1: <laughs> no, you know what? Let me tell you, I, I actually reached out to Juan Pablo multiple times and he shot me down. He was like, you know Uh-oh. what? I don't know. I've been looking at your followers numbers or uh, uh, you're not trending. So I was like, I was like,
4: Melina, you need to maybe buy some followers, buy 10,000 followers. Because I have a connect <laughs> uh, and then get back to us. Yeah. But I- you have the unique... Um, you can brag that you were our first and only pop-up pop up guest for a corporate event. So that was very exciting because it literally was like, all right, everybody, let's go. Let's just do a pop-up podcast. And you right. were a great sport and you did it for us two years ago. I love that.
1: And I love that you, you call it a pop-up co- podcast. Uh, that's very creative when really it was like eh, you didn't even record that we were just doing an interview and doing some improv. And yeah, being,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
1: charismatic and allowing people the pleasure of watching us. I think there is food
4: somewhere there. If we piece it all together. have some might grainy footage, footage somewhere of it.
2: One of the NBC employees, I think in accounting, took some footage. So yeah. security
4: camera, there was a security
3: camera footage. No audio. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like we had a lot of fun.
4: We're, weren't we on those huge tall chairs and our feet were dangling? we oh, were
1: definitely dangling. <laughs> I don't know if yours were. But my feet, my feet always. No, I'm
4: short.
3: Were. <laughs> I'm short. Melina, where in the world are you right now? Oh,
1: I am uh, talking to you from Los Angeles, California, Ooh. the east side of Los Angeles, because that keeps it real. Right. um This is. La Casa de la Revolucion and good skincare, I would Ooh. like to say. combo. Ooh, kind of
3: good combo, yeah, very no, important. this is
1: yeah. para la gente and also to keep it moisturized. Mm. I'm just inspired because y'all said, you know, your she shed, your boogie-dump bunker.
2: Mm. So No, it's it's Cheryl's she shed. This ain't a she shed. This is a oh. she loft. It's Cheryl's oh, she shed. Oh, g- <laughs> me. me. the she loft. <laughs> But I love that commercial. Ain't nothing wrong with that Cheryl C. said. Somebody burned down Cheryl C. said. Yeah, well, she got
1: too many candles in there, but.
4: Mm, Wait, so know. LA is shut down till when? Like, I think, like, July? What is it? Because it's like, you know, it's, you know what it is? It's like, if you're in a state, you have to listen to the governor, then you, your the mayor,
1: manager?
4: you got, right. so your county, so your LA counties went through, like, July 3rd or something?
1: Well, they're keeping it nice and vague, which I appreciate. Um, they're saying the goal is July 4th, if the numbers uh, allow for that. And I don't really understand if, if they actually take that seriously, because the numbers are not getting better, um, and people are already acting a fool. Uh, so it doesn't seem to me like that's gonna happen, but that's the goal, allegedly. July
4: 4th. Allegedly.
3: Mm. LA must, it must be tough because LA, the weather's always nice. So it's, it's, you know, every day is just a difficult day to not want to go out and do outdoor activities. You know, New York, you know, we have our nice days, but then there's always a day where it's like, yo, I'm glad I gotta stay home
1: and shit. Mm. But it, it you know, I'm hot. not a fan of heat. I don't like being hot unless like, I'm on the beach somewhere in another country on an island. Um, Cause here it's just like you're sticky, but you're also in traffic, mm. and like so there's like smog sticking to the top layer of sweat on your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not popping, but <laughs> <laughs> so I mean,
4: love the deets.
1: Honestly, I just want to see. I just want to see my family. I want to be able to hug my parents. Um, I want to see my sister, but. I, I have to say that this whole experience has really made me or rather it's brought to light what my priorities are. It's highlighted that. And, it, and in terms of like relationships, which relationships are priority and essential, which ones are sustaining and fulfilling. So, you know, you communicate with who you need to communicate.
4: Are you Both. tired of Zooming with your family?
1: Uh, you know, I don't Zoom with my family. I FaceTime and my, my parents do that thing where they, they hold it um, right between the chin and, and the, the neck. You know? Um, I've, I've tried to coach them. Um, I'm like, okay, i start moving it up a little bit. So now we get some
2: nostril.
4: No. Um, my family's more forehead so they're the more of the forehead okay. tribe
2: okay. the my dad type. is the nose guy and i'm not saying that because he's jewish i'm just right. saying that usually we get the nose hairs and i'm like oh my god please <laughs> <laughs> why is it right in the nostril yeah <laughs> i got my
3: i got my parents the uh i'm not advertising anything but the facebook has their own camera called the portal and yes so it, it 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 helps because i can see them I can see them perfectly and they don't have to move it in any weird way. It follows
4: them, right?
3: It oh follows God. you, right? But then my parents took that, like, literally, like, they went to the bathroom and was like, what, you see me <laughs> still? <laughs> can you? Can you see me? I'm like, no, it doesn't follow you everywhere. Just you have to be in the field of vision of the camera. So we oh had that God. was like two days. That was like two days of fixing that. i
0: like the supermarket. Did the camera
2: machine. follow me? Did the camera follow me to the supermarket? Because I got to do some cobra. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh...
0: There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs. There are tons of body styles to choose from, like the sleek and stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid, and Venza, or the spacious Highlander Hybrid, and the all-new Sienna with more cargo space. Looking for amazing performance? The RAV4 Hybrid isn't just our most fuel-efficient RAV4, it's also our most powerful. Whatever your lifestyle requires, a Toyota hybrid can deliver the look you want with awesome performance and capabilities. Fill up your hybrid just like any other car. Same fuel, same gas station. The only difference is how much time and money you'll save, filling up less often. And of course, every new hybrid is backed by Toyota's legendary quality and comes with a 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty, whichever comes first. Take the next step. Visit toyota.com slash hybrid or your local Toyota dealership to learn more. That's toyota.com.
4: Let's go to a little commercial break, huh? You were mentioning prior that uh, in our super extended opening question that you're binging. So as a artist, are you binging to do homework, to work the craft, or are you being able to now finally with a lot of time binging just so you can binge?
1: Uh, A little bit of both. There's some shows that I watch that I'll start watching because everyone's talking about it or everyone's, you know, tweeting about it or I read an article on Deadline and it's getting some good reviews. And there's been shows where I watch because of those reasons and I'm like, I don't know what y'all are thinking but I'm done after episode two. And then, you know, there's some of those shows that are are great Um, and then there's shows that I watch just because they bring me joy and satisfaction. Um, So... I, it's interesting. You ask if I watch, like, for the craft. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some, I guess, in a way, but it's not necessarily because I think I'm, like, learning. I'm observing, mm-hmm. like, who, I, there's certain performances that I'm like, okay, that is a master class. I can see the difference. I can literally feel the difference of, of like, you know, a certain person being super present and really entregándose, and then other people where I'm like, okay, you memorize your lines and like, this is embarrassing. I don't know who hired you. I don't know whose granddaughter you are. Mm-hmm. But, but anyway, I like to watch stuff.
3: Melina, um, have, you, have you ever been watch one of your shows? Of course. Oh. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, so I, I usually will watch stuff that I have been in. First, I like to watch it by myself just so I, and like hugging a pillow, you know, just cause I'm like, I think I'm my own harshest critic. And I, and I remember these moments and I'm like, Oh, I should have, I should have gone with, with this, you know, interpretation or, or like, why, why did they like me that way? Why are they not, you know, why, why they didn't hook a sister up and make her look a little bit cuter. Um, wow. <laughs> so I watch it awkwardly and then I watch it with my boyfriend And then I will show my parents, um, actually my, and then my sister, actually, since she lives in in Sacramento, she'll watch it. She'll give me her notes, Mm. but you know, she's not affected. Like she's like, Oh yeah. I mean, I cried a little bit, but not that much because like, I've seen you cry like that. Or I've seen when your mocos were hanging down like that, or I've seen you yell like that, you Mm know? So she's.
4: I have to tell you, um, the last season of Orange Is New Black was a very emotional tearjerker, and including you, you you did an amazing job. Yeah. Um, how was that experience for you in that show? Because that 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 season was crazy, and especially your character too. Especially the time that it was happening, it was almost like they, they timed it with right. the topics that they were covering.
1: Um, it was an honor. It was so intense, and it was um. I felt like it was uh, it was almost a responsibility, like a like a sacred responsibility, um, because I, I played a character named Santos Chash, and she is from Guatemala. She uh, is an indigenous woman who spoke Maya Quiche and did not speak English or Spanish. And in her migration journey, she actually uh, suffers uh, sexual trauma. She's she's raped and. Uh, when we meet her, she's in Litchfield, and um, the the private prison corporation that owns the prison that houses all of the other inmates that you've gotten to know in the past you know six seasons has now decided they want to make more money off of incarcerating. Uh, humans and and violating their humanity, and so they open up, they, they do an immigration prison pop-up, <laughs> and they um, they now, you, you also find out like which characters uh, that, that you've gotten to know are actually undocumented, like like Blanca, Laura Gomez's character, um, and Maritza, Diane Guerrero's character, and actually you meet me the day that, that uh, Diane Guerrero's character is deported, because I take her bed. And Laura Gomez turns over and she's like, Maritza, Maritza. And she sees our long brown hair. But then I turn over and I'm like responding to her in my aqueche. So it's, uh, it was, it was really intense. It was emotional. Um, I wanted to make sure that I was doing, doing right by, um, you know, people that I, that I see as like part of my, my community, my extended family. Um, and also, uh, specifically, um, the fact that I was portraying an indigenous woman from Guatemala, I, I also uh, took as like a solemn responsibility because there are so many migrants that are coming from Central America and Mexico, and and they're when we hear conversations about them and, and they're referred to in the media or you know even worse by this administration, it's often with with uh, so much anonymity and dehumanization. But there's so many that are there are indigenous that, and and they are you know the original inhabitants of this land. So it's like it was so it was so layered. Um, um, and then separately, I was a fan of the show. So walking around that set was like uh, surreal. And I just had to keep telling myself, no, you are here to do your job and be professional. But part of me, the little girl inside was just, you know, I wanted to talk to my favorite actors.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, on the um, Orange is the New Black tip, I I was always curious, especially about women like you who appreciate, you know, vanity and and taking (laughs) care of your skin. What was (laughs) it like not being so made up in this role? Did you have to adapt to that? Or were you cool from it from Jump Street? (laughs) You know... In a weird way,
1: it was liberating because I was I, I was dealing with a topic that was so real and so raw and and unfortunately so timely, um, and I wanted the focus to be on that. So not having to worry about makeup or bags under my eyes or the hair, like I, I, I actually was, it was liberating in a way, um, and if I had any insecurities about it, it was after when I watched it or like, you know, when I got the part and kind of thinking about it. But once I was there and I was just focused on the character and also mind you, I was, I was acting in a language that I don't speak. Um, I was speaking Maya K'iche, Um, and it's, you know, it's an indigenous language spoken in, in Guatemala. Uh, so I was like, I was focusing on the emotions and also like, okay, let me, let me do this right. Like, how often do we see this portrayed? But uh, there was something kind of nice about being able to literally roll out of bed and show up on set at six in the morning and look a mess and and just be like, you know what, who cares? And sometimes they actually fuck me up even more. They're like, no, 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 let's let's give you a little more bags under your eyes. Oh my God. Hair doesn't look uh, greasy enough. So, cause I was like, oh, I washed it like two days ago and then I, you know, the pillow crease or whatever. They're like, no, no, we need some grasa. So let's put some glycerin and some water on there. Oh Yo,
2: God, I, yeah. I gotta ask you too, did you do like Maya Kiche Rosetta Stone? How did you <laughs> <laughs> or like Maya Kiche for idiots? <laughs> what did you do? How did you learn that? Uh, well, they, they actually uh,
1: worked with a translator. And so the translator would send me the the lines and I would learn them phonetically and then they would also record themselves saying them so that I could get the pronunciation perfectly so I would I would listen to, to the lines on my headphones um, and I would you know the when I first started recording I was staying with my girl up in the Bronx and I was riding from the Bronx down to Queens to Kaufman Astoria Studios which is where they shoot. So that's like in a good hour and a half, right? And I was just like, let me sit over here on the corner and just talk to myself. And so people were fine with that because you all (laughs) see that all the time.
0: But actually,
1: I... So years ago, I worked with a theater company, a Chicano theater company called El Teatro Campesino. And they did a series of plays about the Mayan creation story uh, called the Popol Vuh. So we had to learn a little bit of Maya Quiche. Uh, for some of the songs and, the, and a few lines here and there, but like it, w- this was now what I was doing for Orange was like the Maya K'iche' like Olympics, because <laughs>
2: my brain hurt after that. Yeah, that's so, amazing. Um, that is amazing, girl. Yeah.
1: But I'm glad that they wrote that in. Like that was such an important narrative to include. You know, it was like yes, she's an undocumented immigrant, and this is indigenous representation um but also you know she's a sexual violence survivor and you know let's throw in this other twist of like she actually is pregnant and she doesn't want to be so there there was this this storyline also of reproductive justice and how that um how migrant women and also incarcerated women uh have to deal with that when when they the fate of their own bodies is, is outside of their hands so it was it was intense
2: so let's talk about for rosa the short film tell us about that you play lead character we want to hear give us some color
1: yes okay give you some rose color so my friends that is another intense role um (laughs) and and also uh there's kind of a bridge here with with reproductive justice so essentially for rosa is a short film that focuses on the story of Uh, the Madrigal 10, the Madrigal versus Quilligan case, which happened uh, in 1974, 75, here in Los Angeles. And it deals with the stories of Mexican, Mexican Mexican-American and Latina women living in Los Angeles who went to deliver a child at Los Angeles County General Hospital and left being forcibly sterilized. So they were sterilized against their will. and many of them didn't know that they were sterilized until uh, the attorney, who Antonia Hernandez, who's a, a, a real-life Chicana who handled the case uh, as a 26-year-old new attorney, young attorney, uh, until she showed up at their door and and told them uh, that she was heading up this, this uh, class action lawsuit and invited them to be part of the, the case. So our, sh- our story is a snapshot in the life of one of those women. So I play the lead and her name is Eva and my character is a kind of a composite of multiple stories of, of, uh, some of the women that were part of this lawsuit. And, uh, it starts with where all of their stories started with, um, her being at the hospital and having a really, uh, intense, complicated labor and, and the, the doctors, the very uh, the the racist, irresponsible doctors taking advantage of that moment, the trauma of that moment, um, and then uh, we we get a little bit of her life with with her family, with with the one son she was able to have, and her husband, and uh, and then we you you see the moment uh, where she learns about uh, what happened to her body against her will, oh. and it's amazing because I got to act alongside. Uh, other actors who I love and admire who are not only talented, but just they're great human beings. And they were also really passionate about telling a story like this and and bringing it to light. So Rick Mancia plays my husband and uh, he was one of the heartthrobs of East Los High. And Juan Bago says, that was, I mean, yeah. Was he your heartthrob too?
4: That's another podcast episode there.
1: That's the homie though, um, <laughs> my man. but he was wonderful to act alongside with. And also Idalia, who people know from Queen of the South, who's so talented and so amazing. And she actually plays the attorney. Um, and we meet when she knocks on my door um, and tells me that I have been sterilized. So, uh, and then Chuy Martinez, uh, jumped on as our executive producer and really hits home, uh, for him. And he actually has talked about remembering his mom and his tias talk about this case. Um, and it's just crazy to me that like, this is not something that people know about. This is not a history that is taught. And this is this is American history. This is women's history. This is uh, reproductive justice history. And uh, uh, this is, a, you know, Latinx history that happened here in Los Angeles. So we're hoping to generate more conversation around that, to open up the, the dialogue around, you know, the conversation around what, is, what does reproductive justice look like for all women across all demographics and socioeconomic levels and, and race and ethnicity? Um, cause I know this also happened to Puerto Rican women and to black mm-hmm. women in the South. so, um, yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, it's always great to, to work on a, on a, a project with, with friends and people that you love to work with, but then to have a topic like that, that when people watch it, they can, you know, learn and, and understand like wh- how things were there. So, right. um, uh, but thank you so much for being the guest finally. Yes. Me- A guest. All right, now it's time for the K-L-O-K-E.
2: it is now time for the Que Loque segment. So to our lovely guest, Melina Bobadilla. Que, lo, que loca! Que, lo, que loca! <laughs> Tell everybody where they can find you, your socials, <gasps> the projects you want to promo. Let everybody know, girl. Tell us.
1: Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram as Melina Bobadilla. You can follow me on Twitter where I drop some of the Realness, political opinions, oh, oh uh-huh. juicy, juicy. Uh-huh. Also, uh, Melina Bovadilla, I think. And then you can please, please follow the film at 4 Rosa Film on Instagram. Um, and our our writer director Catherine Boyd Batstone uh, is is constantly uh, updating and, and showing some behind the scenes of this gorgeous footage. Um, and please stay tuned for updates because we are in talks for your online distribution. But we also are in talks uh, to do a an online screening premiere event. You know, because the Rona kind of put a, a little damper on mm-hmm. screening mm-hmm. plans. So follow me at Melina Bobadilla and follow For
2: Rosa Film. Thank you so much, Melina.
4: Thank you. Thank you.
2: And on that note, we out.